The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. Oh, dear. They are there. They weren't just there. They're always there. And I'm just so grateful for the men and women who serve this country so valiantly and, and just so diligently. And so many of them are unappreciated, even in their own towns. So we spend a few moments every Friday remembering the sacrifice that the entire family makes. It's not as though only the person who has gone off to become a member of the military is giving you know, a, a, a tremendous sacrifice to this nation. Their whole family, their wives, their mothers, their fathers, their children, their sisters and brothers, all make this extraordinary sacrifice. Sleepless nights, sometimes wondering whether they'll ever see their loved one again. So it doesn't, you know, it doesn't surprise me that many of my listeners, and certainly myself, appreciate the fact that we can spend just a few minutes paying honor to them. And if we lose one, we make sure to read that name out loud. I can't tell you how many times I've unfortunately had to read a name out loud and somebody in the audience knew who it was, including one time when his parents were listening. I mean, they wasn't like how they found out, but they were listening and they were just so grateful that somebody remembered him. And that's what we do. You know, we try to do the best we can with what we have. And what we have right now, when you look up at the uh, nation's capital, Washington, D.C., is frightening. And when you look at this most recent grand jury recommendation, now they have a seated senator, Lindsey Graham, who happens to be the ranking member of the Senate Judiciary Oversight Committee. He has now been indicted by this Georgia... (laughs) I, I just, I, I don't know what to say. He also They also indicted two former senators from Georgia and General Michael Flynn again. This guy cannot get a break. And apparently neither can his former boss, Donald Trump. So this special grand jury that investigated this overturning of the 2020 election results nonsense recommended indictments against twice as many people as the 19 ultimately charged. The report released on Friday showed that they recommended, oh, I guess that it didn't end up being, I don't know. This is such a confusing article in the AP. The grand juror's report released Friday showed that they recommended charges against 39 people, including Senator Graham, former Senator Kelly Loeffler, and, uh, and David Perdue, former senator of Georgia, and former Trump National Security Advisor Michael Flynn. This was released at the request of the special grand jury, and the report provides insight into one of the most expansive investigations into Donald Trump, who's also facing two federal indictments along with unrelated state charges in New York City. And while critics are accu- me, I'm accusing the DA, Fannie Willis, of launching an unwieldy, overly broad case. This report suggested that she actually used her discretion. Oh, isn't that swell? So she didn't allow an indictment of, of Senator Graham 
or the former senators, but but the recommendation was that they do that. What kind of grand jury was this, and what kind of instructions were they given? <clears throat> now, obviously, there are pl- probably a number of different reasons that Willis chose not to charge everybody that rec- was, they were recommending. Some of it may include immunity deals, federal protections for others, like sitting senators, or insufficient evidence to prove charges beyond a reasonable doubt. This has gone so far past the Rubicon that I just, I grieve for my country. The special grand jury included Graham's name in a section about the national effort to overturn the 2020 presidential election, which the incumbent President Donald Trump is said to have lost to Democrat Joe Biden. I put in, is said to have. The AP says lost. The more of this I watch, the more concerned I am that uh, we're being bamboozled. You know, I spoke last night in front of a group of very, very earnest people out in plantation. And, and I told them, this is really, this has gone so far that we must refuse to comply on every level. Not just I'm not wearing masks. And by the way, I got a number of responses, I guess, people who have received their buttons. So apparently the United States Postal Service is on the ball because a lot of these buttons were just mailed the day before yesterday and I was anticipating problems because they don't like the way the package feels or whatever. But people have received them already. People last night were asking for them. I didn't have enough. I just got an email from one who said, my button arrived today. I'm going back to Las Vegas for the Jewish holiday." My friend sent me a text that they're starting to wear masks again there, especially in the casinos. She said, my neighbor here wears a huge mask when she's alone in her car. She looks like Darth Vader. My button will come in handy when I'm back in Las Vegas. And then I told her if she sees my friend Heidi Harris, who's the talk show host there, to give her my regards. She'll probably send Heidi a button. But I'm getting lots of uh, people who have received their buttons, so... Be on the lookout. If you requisition requested a button, it should be there shortly. Now, I'm going to do things a little differently today because my son is a, now like a big superstar. And, uh, you know, I have to work around his schedule. And he's not going to be available at 12.45 when we usually do it or at 12.30 when we usually do it. So he's going to be coming on in our next segment, which means... I have to break pretty much on time, which means I have to break right now. Don't forget to download the 850 WFTL app. Don't forget to visit the website, 850 WFTL. And a special shout out to Mario's wife and daughter. Mario's a great guy. His wife and daughter are apparently great. They are listeners and big fans of Derek. So shout out to Colm and Mrs. Mario. Uh, Let me take a break. I'll be right back. You know, good thing that my producer follows my son on Instagram or I would never know what my grandchildren were up to. So my granddaughter apparently has turned my grandson into a unicorn. (laughs) That's right. Every day is an adventure. I mean, you come home and creative little kids will do absurd things. And I got home yesterday and Nixie had tape with scotch tape a pencil to Carter's forehead. He's just game for anything. He looks up to his sister and then walked him down the stairs like a unicorn and clipped the, clipped the tail to him. And uh, 
He was game. He was up for it. He was on all fours most of the night. Oh, my goodness. Now, your your sister and Lisa used to dress you up, but not as a unicorn. No, I don't think they ever got uh, the tape. I, I couldn't sit still enough for tape. It's painstaking to sit there and uh, be dressed up like a unicorn. It actually takes a lot of time. You've got Wait a, a minute. How could you say that? We used to sing a song about you called Addicted to Tape. You were addicted oh, to true. scotch tape. I was really. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. I forgot that song. It was to the to the Robert uh, Palmer song. That's I still right. love that guy. Yeah, well, that was the, that was your theme song. Anyway, there's so much good stuff to talk about, you know, and not a bunch of death. Well, you know, although I guess the, to Mr. Masterson, a 30-year sentence for rapes that apparently took place over 20 years ago, that's a pretty stiff sentence, isn't it, Mr. Lawyer? Uh, yeah, you know, listen, I, I was a bit shocked. I mean, look, these are very serious crimes he was convicted of. In his retrial, remember, he initially mm -hmm. hung the jury, and mm -hmm. they thought it might get dismissed, but the prosecutors brought the case again. He was convicted on two out of the three uh, charges of rape against him, and he was facing 30 years to life, and he got 30 years, um, which is a lot of time. He's not a young man anymore. He's in his late 40s. I think he's 47 years old. Um, this is life-changing. You know, mm -hmm. he's married to Bijou Phillips, who is the daughter of the... Uh, of Michelle Phillips from Fleetwood Mac, right? Or no, no, not Fleetwood Mac. Mamas and the Papas. Yeah. Mamas and the Papas. And so she was in court. She was very, very distraught. He, we've since learned that he has some letters that are have been written on his behalf prior to the sentencing um, that were written by Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. You know, these were his friends from right. that 70s show, and they spoke highly of his character, but apparently didn't convince the judge or threw the book at him. Mm. Him and Weinstein are really the only people. I mean, Kevin Spacey got to walk away from his cases. I, you know, I just, look, I think rape is a terrible crime. I agree that there shouldn't be a statute of limitations on it. But I think at some point you have to ask yourself, what's a fair and just punishment? We got people walking around with committed murder. Yeah, look, and, and there is a human element to all this. He has a young child. He's been married to... These are older crimes, as you said, mm -hmm. um, but he's been convicted of them, and we as a society take them very seriously. And sometimes this is really the flip side of celebrity justice. When you think of that term, sometimes you think of someone getting off easy or some, someone you know, you know, convincing the jury with their smile and their celebrity, like maybe O.J. Simpson. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they want to make a lesson, and they want to sort of send a message out of a celebrity. So it's unclear which way it'll cut. It looks like this. It's cut pretty harshly for Danny Masterson. But like I said, these are, as you said, these are very, very serious crimes. Right, right. And uh, I don't know how and serious... And he'll still be appealing, so, yeah, so don't forget about that. That's he, right. he, he says there will be some issues on appeal, so maybe this isn't the end of the road, but it's certainly a, a rough day for him and his family. Oh, I'll say. Uh, it was a pretty rough day for Zach Bryan, huh? Yeah, I haven't seen something like this in a while. I mean, the stakes were much lower, but he, you know, he got into it with cops a bit, and, and apparently a few days earlier, he had a run-in with cops where he was pulled over for speeding, said he was going about three, four miles over the limit, and he ended up, didn't, didn't want to give the officers his address because he's a celebrity and he, you know, wanted his privacy, but eventually did give up his address after it getting kind of serious and worried about going to jail. Mm -hmm. A few days later, he wanted to drive over to see the Eagles game, and he had a security person with him who was driving in a separate car. That car got pulled over, and Zach uh, pulled up behind uh, or, or next to the the you know security guy who was who was driving ahead of him, and sort of watched the this interaction unfold, and was getting restless in his car, and started waving his arms, wondering what was taking so long. 
the officer says he went up to Zach's car and said, hey, what's the problem here? I'm trying to conduct an investigation and complete this ticket or citation, whatever I'm going to do, and you're interfering with my investigation. Zach got very upset, said, this is why people don't like, like cops, this and that, said, you know, you're making a mistake. Um, if you want to take me to jail, let's do it. And mm. that's exactly what the officer did, took him mm. to jail for uh, interfering with the investigation. And in handcuffs, right, even though he had asked no handcuffs. Absolutely. In handcuffs, we've got a full narrative detail from the police report. Um, and Zach was very upset. At, at one point, the officer says he threatened to call the mayor. Uh, his father got on the phone, apparently, and threatened to call the governor. Uh, so this got really heated. Now, Zach, for his part, and has, has gone on Instagram and, and given a message about like him going too far. He's apologized. He said he got lippy with the officers, and he regrets it. But this was uh, not, a, not a great look for him, not a great day. No, definitely not. If you could explain to me why someone would name their child Riot, I would appreciate it. You know, I didn't expect this one to come. I thought I was a fan of the first name. So Rihanna and ASAP Rocky, look, these are two very, very big celebrities, especially Rihanna, who's, you know, a billionaire with her Fenty line. Mm -hmm. uh, their first child was named Riza after Wu-Tang Clan, which I was a fan of. Some people had some other views. Her, her new bundle of joy, this little boy, is named Riot Rose. Myers. Um, so the first name is Riot, which is, is you know, seemingly kind of a, a negative uh, word, but uh, they're going to, I guess, co-opt that word into something good. Yeah, let's hope so. But I, I would say that's like, you know, if you name your kid Riot, you're asking for trouble. The first time that kid has to pull out his identification, <laughs> they're going to wonder, like, what is all of, what's this all about? You know, what kind of name is it's that? A, it, it, it's a name that he's going to have to carry around, but this is going to be, you know, they're they're basically Jay-Z and Beyonce, you know? Like yeah. Rihanna and Asap Rocky, they're going to be fine. Their kid is not going to lead a very normal life and maybe shouldn't have a very ordinary name. He right. certainly uh, went in that direction. Uh, you know, Gwyneth has an apple and a Moses. Sometimes celebrities do some eccentric things. Oh, they sure do. Some of them allow their children to be made fun of is what they do. But um, Listen, what... I need my kid. your grandkids are named Nixon and Carter, so it's not like I would with uh, really ordinary names either. <laughs> hey, one of my friends just named her kid Tyler. I said, you could fit into my family. There you go. Put, yeah. put, put him right on the family tree. Right <laughs> there in. you go. Um, another story that, you know, I knew you had to have seen because it really just leaped out at me was Sylvester Stallone had quite an experience in the Vatican. I'm so glad you ended on this story because this is my favorite story in a very long time. You know what I think, Sylvester Stallone. Uh, my office at home, my office at work, for that matter, are plastered with Rocky memorabilia. I've got mm -hmm. bobbleheads and so forth. Well, fly went to go meet the Pope. <laughs> and guess who's a fan of who? The Pope is a fanboy of Sylvester Stallone. When, when he's introducing his family, the Pope shook his hand and said, I grew up watching your movies. And then, you know, Stallone, in his characteristic way, says, uh, oh, we can put you in a movie. And he sort of shadow boxes with the Pope for a second. <laughs> really a great moment. You know, his, one of his daughters is named Sistine, so sort of a perfect fit for the Vatican. Right. And uh, it's, just a, it's, a, it's a great moment. It's a reminder that this guy is... Uh, huge institution, and he's been a celebrity for a very long time, so long that His Holiness uh, is a big fan. But His Holiness has to be at least as old as Sly, probably older. What do you mean he grew up watching movies? Listen, sometimes, you know, he grew up in Argentina, right? And I right. think sometimes the movies take a, a while to uh, get down to some of those countries back in the day. You know, sometimes we make fun of Charlie, our Australian in the room, about 
the way pop culture eventually gets to Australia, but often not <laughs> at the same time. And yeah. back in the day when there was no Internet, it took some time. I guess so. All right. Any other big news, breaking stories that we should talk about? I, I you know, I, I certainly think that um, some of the celebrity news encroaches on some of the political news, you know, and you and I were talking yesterday about the big fight between Donald Trump and Ann Coulter. But, you know, you know what my opinion is. Some people do anything for a headline. Listen, there's a lot of crossover between my world and your world these days. That's why we do this. So mm-hmm. keep checking our website. Obviously, the biggest story of our week has been Joe, Jonas, and Sophie Turner's ongoing divorce saga. Um, we've absolutely owned that story, broken all the big exclusives. So keep checking the website if you're interested. All right. Well, thanks so much. you got a lot of fans here. All right. Take care, everyone. Have a good weekend. All right. You too. Hey, does I tell you, I go places and people say to me, you're Derek's mom? Like, it used to be, he's your son. Now it's like, I'm his mom. It's okay. If you're going to have to, you're going to have to have somebody more famous than you in the family, let it be Derek. He's a good kid and a a good man and a humble man at that. So that was our celebrity news segment. I'm going to take a break. And when we come back, we get back into some of the things. There's a a brilliant ad uh, done by this Navy captain who's running for office. And I just want to talk about what people really think in America, not what the newspapers tell you to think, not what the politicians think you're thinking, but what you're actually thinking about. And it's quite obvious to me when I look at some of the uh, comments that people post on any news site that you go to, they're pretty fed up. They must refuse to comply. And so must you. I'll be right back. So I'm just checking all my schedules here. I have a 16th annual fundraising gala next week for Heartbeat of America, of America, Heartbeat of Miami, which is a pro-life organization that helps women make the right choice and then helps them to be able to live with that choice. Um, And anybody who cares about that issue should check them out and It's a great organization. They do incredible work. It's called heartbeatofmiami.org if you want to check out the website and maybe go to the fundraiser. I don't know if they still have tickets. Um, I was looking at this video. It's like an advertisement by this U.S. Navy veteran whose name is Hung Kao. He was 25 years in special ops, and he released what has to be one of the most incredible political ads my friend Uh, in North Carolina, Pat, sent it to me. And he, it is so moving and so intense. And what he does is he's pounding his fist on a table, explaining that the pounding sound was the last sound that his parents heard before their parents, his grandparents, were taken away during the night, never to be seen again. That's the sound of losing your freedom, the sound of always living in fear, he said. That's my family's real-life story. And then he tells the story of how his family escaped from Vietnam just prior to the fall of Saigon to the communists. And he said, I am so grateful for the United States because we were given a new life in the most generous country on earth, 
He said, America saved my life. After immigrating to the United States, he said he spent his life trying to repay his debt to the country. So that's why he served 25 years in the U.S. Navy's special operations. He did combat in Afghanistan. He did combat in Iraq. He was in Somalia. And he goes on in this really moving, it's like about three and a half minutes. He says, but now our country has taken a dark turn. And he shared examples of President Joe Biden's Justice Department deploying two dozen armed agents and arresting a pro-life activist, the IRS raiding a private gun shop and seizing thousands of personal records pertaining to American gun owners, and the Justice Department arresting former President Donald Trump, who he described as Biden's challenger in the next election. Then he pounds on the table again, and he said, this is the sound of people breaking into homes and businesses and the sound of a crime ravaging American community. That's how it all starts, he said. They let criminals back on our streets. Millions of illegal immigrants pour across the border each year, including military-aged men from all over the world and enough fentanyl to kill every man, woman, and child in this country. The Biden family? That's how it works in a dictatorship. The rules don't apply to the rulers. And he warned that the American people are losing their country and being forced to say that wrong is right. He said, I've been all over the world. Believe me when I tell you, if America fails, there's nowhere else to go. And that's what I say all the time. But it's fascinating to me. Whenever I get to speak with a, you know, an immigrant, a, a legal immigrant, they all have the same thing to say, that they are proud when they become Americans and that they are grateful. That's not what you hear from these gangbangers who show up and cross the border and bring untold misery with them, whether it's uh, you know narcotics or human trafficking or just uh, a different sense of right and wrong and criminality. And anytime I say something like that, it's immediately suspect. Oh, what kind of a phobe am I this week? Well, I'll tell you this. When you see a man who is grateful that he was given a chance in this country, so grateful that he served in our military for 25 years in special operations, I pay attention to what he says. You know, I have a, uh, I go to a nail salon that's owned by two Vietnamese, uh, a couple, a man and wife. And she just went back to Vietnam for the first time to visit with her parents. You know, she came to this country, first lived in Utah of all places, and then came down here to Florida. These are the hardest working people I have ever seen. But she loves this country. She is so grateful for the opportunity that was afforded to them, that they could own their own business, that they could hire and employ, they employ, I don't know, 10, 15 people in this shop, all of whom are Vietnamese. And they are, it's amazing to me how people who come here and are fleeing horrific conditions, they get it. See, I get it. 
most of you get it. And that's why they want to shut us up. They want to censor us. They want to continue to tell us what we can and cannot do, what we can and cannot say. And it's beginning to backfire. That's the beautiful part of all this. As I see an undercurrent in this country right now, very similar to what I saw in 2015 and 2016, very similar to what I saw in 2009 after the Affordable Care Act. Something is shifting. And all of the fears that the so-called, you know, political know-it-alls say about, oh, you can't, uh, you can't go with this person, you can't support, you know, Trump. Uh, let me tell you, there, there is some good to be said about, you know, having the ability to argue this out. We can do that in this country. You try doing that in communist China or even in countries that are struggling to figure out what they are. Are we going to be democracies? Are we going to be communists? You know, South America is a disaster zone. Places that were beautiful once upon a time, that were tourist havens once upon a time, are now like Cuba. And the people are fleeing. And it's always the educated that flee first because they see what's happening. So you need, you need to be awake, not woke but awake. And what ends up happening is that you stand up and you say, I am going to refuse to comply. I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not believing these things that you keep saying over and over again that I know are not true. You know, now the, now the big story is, oh, the Ukraine says that Musk, Elon Musk is committing evil. And that they're saying that the data from Twitter also was, uh, you know, caused a, a, the death of a, of a Saudi national. All right, I have to uh, take a quick break. Um, don't, I have one more segment left. Stay right where you are. I'll be right back. So the uh, CBO, the, uh, the Congressional Budget Office, had a request. They asked the chairman, Jody Arrington, about what their projections were of the gross federal debt. And their projection is by the end of 2053, the debt is projected to reach 192% of GDP. Do you understand what that means to you and your children and your grandchildren? This is insane. The gross federal debt consists of debt that's held by the public and debt that's held by government accounts. Debt that's held by the public comprises nearly 80% of gross debt. It's a measure that indicates just how bad things are, the extent to which federal borrowing affects the availability of private funds. So this affects you every single aspect of your life, whether it's installment loans, whether it's your mortgage rates, whether it's uh, the future for your kids who are born into debt that the government has accrued. We need different leadership. I don't think anybody thinks we can continue down this road without self-imploding. You know, I've always said this country will not be the victim of an 
you know, someone coming in and overtaking us. It will be destroyed from within. It will be these politicians who really think that it is unimportant to continue to print money, to continue to give unlimited amounts of funds to a war that's being lost so far from our home, they truly have to consider what's best for us. I look at the number of people that just in my world, in my immediate circle, who are struggling, can't get refinancing on their house. I tell them, you gotta call Michael Codsey. He can make it happen over there at Choice Mortgaging. But you know, they go to their banks and they try to do things the way they were always able to do them. And you can't do things like that anymore. These banks don't even have hours. I go to a bank, I'm not gonna name the bank, but I go to a bank that now everything is done through the ATM machine and the drive-through, or they have one or two of them in front of the building, and their business hours are three hours a day. Think about that. You know, you can only go into the teller between nine and 12. Like what happened to all the employees? Well, they're all unemployed. How about that? You know, if you're using ATMs and kiosks, I saw that the other day. Person said to me, oh, you wanna buy something? Go to the kiosk. I stopped at the, um, what do you call those places on the turnpike, uh, the rest stops. And I walked in there and I was planning on getting like a coffee drink and there was a, like a little screen and they told me order it on the screen and then you can go pick it up at the, and I'm like, wait a minute, does anyone work here? Do we employ people anymore? Or is everything machines? You know, having AI take my order. This is not good for this country. This is not good for the future. Because what you're going to see is you're going to see demoralized people who don't understand why this has happened to them. I understand. This is a plan. You know, it's not a conspiracy theory if it actually happens. And it's actually happening. I'm getting lots of uh, emails about... Uh, you know, I, I said something nice about the post office and all the postal workers are happy with me today. Um, but they did. They managed to get these things delivered because I'm getting a bunch of comments from people who received their buttons. And now, of course, I do want everyone to understand that there is always going to be controversy. And I take it very seriously when people send me articles or send me commentary about anything that has to do with something that I promote on the air. And I am not ignoring, I am investigating. And trust me, it is a cause of concern to me when I have listeners telling me that they're a little upset about one of the products that one of my sponsors is able to make happen in your life. But you have to give me a few days to sort this out and to actually speak to them. But trust me, I've already been in contact with my sponsor and I have already started pouring through all of the comments that you guys have been sending me and I'm not ignoring you, I'm really not. By Monday, I'll be able to tell you uh, exactly why 
this is happening and what you can do to prevent it from happening to you. And that's what's important. How do we protect ourselves? And right now, we have to protect ourselves from the very government that we elect to office. If you heard my thought of the day, I think it was yesterday. People don't, or maybe it was today, people don't take seriously local elections. And it's those local elected officials who screw everything up for you on a day-to-day basis. And you gotta start paying attention. A mayor can determine whether you have to put a mask on or whether your schools are gonna be closed down. Who did you get in office in your local community? And don't give up. If you're in Broward County, I told a bunch of uh, people there the other day, don't give up. All of these battles are winnable. Every last one of them is winnable. But you gotta fight. And I see too many people who literally, uh, you know, have given up the fight. They don't want to fight anymore. They think it's, uh, you know, it's too hard, it's too difficult. Mm, mm, mm. You know, when Joe Biden heard the news about Jimmy Buffett, he told a story about how he died once while eating a cheeseburger in Paradise, Alabama during a civil riots riot. Just kidding. But you have to admit, This guy makes up some whoppers, and I'm sure that that's not out of the question either. So looking at, um, there's an article out there today about RFK Jr., who may need to look at other alternatives. That's how he puts it. Good luck. You want to tackle the DNC? He's also talking about how, you know, he wants the files opened up on the assassinations of his uncle and his father. Well, he's not alone in that. I've been saying that for decades. But again, everybody had these sacred cows. We trust these law enforcement agencies. Only now that we're beginning to express any kind of doubt about it. And trust me, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. I love, though, when you see the guys like Eric Adams, the mayor of New York, he's all freaked out because he's got all these illegal immigrants in New York City and they don't know what to do with them. Like, welcome to our world, right? Welcome to the average south, southern state or state with an agriculture industry who have been dealing with illegal immigration for decades. And we've been dealing with overcrowded schools. We've been dealing with hospitals. We've been dealing with all the things that suddenly Mayor Eric Adams in his sanctuary city doesn't understand why the federal government doesn't come into this. Yeah, neither do it I. Neither did the, you know, the governor of Texas or the governor of Arkansas, the governor of uh, New Mexico, and of course, our governor too, who at least puts his foot down and tries to help us not endure as much. All right, well, that's the story today. We did have my son Derek came on early today so that we would do the uh, TMZ celebrity news. And uh, he did send everybody to the website if you want to know more about some of these stories that will be available to you at TMZ.com. And, of course, you can watch the television show. Now I'm promoting him. You know, it used to be I asked him to promote me, and now the shoe's on the other foot, but that's okay. You know, proud of him. Anyway, I got to take a quick, I got to turn out now. Don't forget that uh, we do have plenty of programming left this week. Just the rest of the day, Eric Erickson, Joe Paggs, Lars Larson, and then it's officially the weekend. And one thing I can tell you is that I plan to be back here 
on Monday at 3 o'clock, if it be his will, and he delays his coming. Remember that what lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, just be yourself. Everybody else is taken. And then, of course, I always say that my prayer is that God bless you and that God bless the United States of America. See you on Monday. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.